The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. We are finally getting to your mailbag questions. This is the Mailbag Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Compton. Here to answer all of your questions uh, on IU football. So thank you for all of those who submitted them on Twitter, Facebook, email. Um, if you sent them snail mail, I did not get them, so I apologize. I but, got those. Uh, I got those. You, you got those? Yeah. Um, all right. Alex, uh, before we get started on fan questions, how are you doing? Good. Doing well. I think uh, it's getting to that time now where the, the weather's getting crisp or the air is getting crisp in the morning, which good and bad. Summer's over, but, that you know, it's time for Indiana football, which is my, my favorite season. So say what you want about the team and the record every year. I uh, find myself sipping the Kool-Aid and, and I'm here again. So we're just over two weeks away and I'm really excited. I think we'll get into it, but a lot of unknowns, which I think is good for a team that, you know, that won six games combined the last two years. I think you want to go into a season with a lot of new faces. And I think that's what Indiana has. So. Yep. Um, I want to start out with the first question is from Mr. Uh, Buford on Twitter. Uh, realistically, what is the state of Indiana football? It has felt like a total collapse since 2020, but a whole host of transfers is, intri- is intriguing. Um, I wanted to start off with this question because it paints the big picture, uh, the big picture question. Uh, so we'll start with you, Alex. What What do you think the state of Indiana football is? Yeah, tough, tough to describe, I think obviously the most important thing forever is going to be wins and losses. So regardless of everything else going on, that's always paramount. I think for me, the big one is you have seen an increased level of spending on the program, obviously nowhere, you know, close to where it needs to be, but that has been happening. And despite the records on the field, the program is, is wildly stable. Actually, when you kind of look at the staff, um, and look at kind of some of the infrastructure behind the scenes, which is, you know, pretty uncommon for a team that struggles in, you know, the big three or whatever you want to call it now in today's age of college football. But so I think that in itself is encouraging. We talked a little bit about it coming out of spring recruiting, but whatever Tom Allen is selling, people are still buying it out on the recruiting trail. So transfers and high school coaches and high school recruits are believing in in Tom and the staff, which if you don't have that, you're never going to have, you know, a competitive team. So I think that in itself is good. Watching the games back from last year, they were not that far off, honestly, and ravaged by injuries. Obviously, the offensive line was probably the worst we've seen in a long time. A lot of those guys are gone. A lot of those players on both sides of the ball where you're like, yeah, I will not miss them one bit are gone. I think you've brought in better replacements generally across the board for just about every position. So couple, you know, a couple plays go your way last year, a couple bounces go differently. You know, maybe if you stay healthy, manage a couple positions a little better, 
you're not that far off from six, which I know sounds crazy. And with how shitty the season was, you know, it's crazy to even say that, but really not as bad as you would think. So slight optimism. I think I was more optimistic last year than I was uh, heading into this year. But I do think you'll see a lot of these transfers that we brought in, really none of them guaranteed a starting spot, which is what a lot of these guys want when they transfer. You're going to see a lot of these guys, I think, play really hard and play really hard early. And if Indiana gets off to a strong start, who knows? Maybe some of those swing games you know, go our way this year. Yeah, and I want to touch upon that. The hunger of the players, I think, is is different. Um, you have a lot of a lot of the transfers are coming in to prove themselves, um, and I think that's a good thing, especially along the defensive line uh, with guys like Andre Carter, Marcus Burris, Philip Bellidi. Uh, all those guys are hungry to prove themselves. Now you know Andre Carter is good and he's going to start, but he wants to prove himself at the uh, Power Five level after proving himself at at the uh, group of five level at Western Michigan, you have uh, an offense uh, the keys Carter uh, from Fordham wants to all kinds of top 10 record books in Fordham for receiving wants to prove himself at the power five level. Um, I think the same goes for, for the quarterback competition. You have Taven Jackson is coming in with a ton of hype and, and a lot of it is because of who he is and where he's coming from and who his brother is. Uh, but he was highly rated. He's a terrific athlete, has all the tools to be a really good quarterback. And then you have Brandon Sorsby, who's right there, uh, right there with them. And, you know, we'll get into depth chart and position battles and all that stuff. I, I could tell you firsthand, they haven't made a quarterback decision because it's that close. Yeah. It, it's not like they're high- – they're not going to announce it until kickoff of the Ohio State game, but it's not like they're hiding their decision right now. They, they, you know, in the first scrimmage, Tom Allen said that they they split the reps 50-50, and I, we'll see what he says ahead of the second scrimmage on Saturday. But it, it is as close as it seems. It's not – they haven't made a decision and things like that. As far as, as the state of the program goes – I think the state of the program is better than we've let on. Um, like you said, it's more it, the stability. You see Tom Allen brought in Bob Bostad, which is a huge hire. I really think fans will like the Matt Guerrero hire as well. I think he's going to be a future head coach somewhere. Um, kind of like Kane Womack, kind of like Kalen DeBoer. Uh, and, and we'll see what he and we'll see what he could do with the defense uh, and, and things like that. Um, the program investing into the program. I know we, we've been barking up the tree about a new indoor facility and spending money and all that things. It seems like I use willing to do that. Now they sent out that fan survey today. Uh, a lot of it is geared towards, I guess, premium seating, fan experience, game day experience, which doesn't help facilities in terms of indoor facilities, but guess what? If you're generating more revenue, that means you have more money to spend. And I think, um, you know, I think that's a good thing. So if you do have the fan survey, I do encourage you fill it out, take the time. It's a little bit long, but take the 15 minutes, read it over, read it through, look at the pictures um, and all those things. So 
I, I realistically, it's not as bad as everybody's saying it is, but it's not as far up as it was in 2019 and, and 2020. So I, I think this year is a big year. I, I really believe Tom Allen has the next two years to to can get back on track with um, you know the progress he made in nineteen and twenty. So you know we'll see. Let's get to the next question, Alex. Um, this is uh, this is from Jamie Jordan, a uh, long time what is it? Long time reader always sends in tweets, all those things. Uh, what is the biggest surprise in a good way position group and also the one that you're most nervous about? I know we always talk about the O-line, but the wide receiver and secondary seem very thin with questions about Bowler and JoJo making it to campus. Now, to go into that question, leave Derek Bowler's on the roster and JoJo Johnson is. Yeah. So those two both help those and – Going into camp, the secondary was one of our biggest questions. I think the talent is there. It's can where do you put it? Who's ones, who's twos? And can you find three corners who who you could rely on like you did with Tywin Mullen, Jalen Williams, and Reese Taylor in 2019 and 2020? Yeah, I think I, I said it coming out of spring ball and got some got some good reactions you know from from the roster and from some fans and stuff for me it's it's safety more than corner uh i think one thin and i think two you're gonna have to rely on guys that have played sure but i don't think have played enough snaps to really count on or played well enough to really count on so i think Season starts tomorrow. I think you probably open with Lewis Moore and Sanguinetti as your two safeties. Both of those yeah. guys were, were good. They were, they were good last year. Sanguinetti went into the portal and came back out. Lewis Moore comes in from a Juco. What we thought was just a depth add actually played pretty well, made some plays, good hitter, good tackler. So those are probably your two from there. That's where it gets tough. I think at that point you're kind of looking you know, maybe Philip Dunham is out there. We haven't heard a ton about Tyreek McDaniel, who was a JUCO transfer. So I think safety, you just have a lot of unproven guys. You probably have Jamison Kelly and Bry Bryson Bonds back there as well. Maybe true freshman Amari Farrell, who I'm super, super high on. I think all of those guys are going to play. And I think it's going to kind of be, you know, close your eyes and point and let's see who plays well. So I think kind of, up until the Louisville game, maybe past it, that's kind of going to be the first four weeks, I think, are going to be the, you know, tryouts for some of the spots that are still having battles. But I think when the season ends, I think Philip Dunham is going to be a guy that everybody likes back there, showed some flashes. I think he's got everything you'd kind of want, you know, in a, in a Big Ten safety um, and then I'm going to say it again, but I think with just a lack of bodies, I think it's going to be hard to keep Amari Farrell off the field, whether he plays there, whether he plays Husky, whether he bulks up and plays linebacker, who knows? I think it's going to be tough to keep him off the field. So for me, I'm most concerned about safety. Don't want to talk about quarterback. You've seen enough of that stuff. I think yep. kicker is kind of an underrated, you know, question mark at this point. So I can let yep. Sammy touch on that one. Biggest surprise, pleasantly for me, 
Um, I, I it's tough because I think they're a little thin, but I'll go wide receiver. I think you have finally a good mix of the different body types that that Allen and Bell want. So you got your you know three big guys in Camper, EJ Williams, and Carter and McCauley. And then you got guys that can play, you know, in the slot or outside with Omar Cooper, Cameron Perry. You'll see Jalen Lucas. So I think there's a good mix of guys. We've actually heard good things about Jacquez Smith, who's been kind of banged up his first two years, former four-star. So I think there's bodies there. Bowler did make it to campus. He's a true freshman that, you know, good depth for this year. So those are kind of mine. I think individually player-wise though kind of out of nowhere carter smith for you know everything we've heard he you know he may open the season starting at, at tackle which which is kind of crazy so um but we'll see so uh o-line we can talk about it a little bit more later i think they have good bodies but i'll go receiver for pleasant and safety for kind of where i'm concerned uh for pleasant I, I agree with you on receiver. I, I think that they're going to be a, a, a good group. For my concern, yeah, I'll take I'll take the field goal kicking, but I also want to go tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Aaron Steinfeld is a little banged up, and the, after him, you have a lot of unproven talent. You have Bradley Archer coming in from from uh, Stanford, who who could be good. Uh, but after that, you have a lot of guys who haven't played. Um, you know, Ryan Miller. Uh, the, who's the other tight end? Yeah, Bamba um, coming back from an injury. Bamba coming back from injury. You have uh, Anthony Miller is a true yeah. freshman. He's a beast. He looks like a beast. Um, and then uh, uh, the other tight end from Ohio. I'm blanking on his name right now. But that that's a position I'd keep an eye on. But field goal kicking. Uh, they struggled in the spring scrimmage uh, with with Chris Freeman and Alejandro Quintero. Nico uh, Radicic is a high school All-American. He has been injured for a lot of camp, according to Tom Allen. Yeah, he missed he missed the first scrimmage. Um, he was held out, and you know, if he can shore up that position, it should be no problem. But if he can't, IU's gonna have issues with with field goals and and things like that. Um, yeah. Which, but I'm not. I'm more concerned right now about the tight ends than I am the kicking position. Yeah. But, you look. I'm looking now, and a couple names you forgot. I like the room, and I think long term, you know, potential projection wise, they got an awesome. Oh, Brody Foley. Brody Foley. Yeah, yeah. Fo- Foley, who we flipped from Tennessee, and then Sam West, who's a true freshman, but. You know, they're all six four plus. I think Archer is probably more of a blocker at this point coming in as a as a fifth year. But yeah, I think Steinfeld was good. He kind of showed he could handle it last year. But uh yeah, you got beyond that, you know, four freshmen or redshirt freshmen that might have to play, you know, which is never a great thing in the Big Ten. But I think tight end, and again, we can talk about it a little more in the show to keep everybody hooked here, but I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets from IU this year. So guys are going to have to play. Yeah. I am going to combine two questions, uh, Alex. Uh, one, the first one's from Drew Butler. It's what kind of season does Tom Allen need to have in order to save his job here in Indiana? And if he does get fired, I hope he doesn't. Who should replace him and why is it Kane Womack? Um, I'm going to combine it with Jason H. 
is there a viable path to six wins? And could IU pull off a win against a team that they have no business winning against, uh, i.e. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin? Uh, so let, let's do the first half of that is what kind of season does Tom Allen have to have to save his job here in Indiana? And I'm I, – I'm going to be very frank with this. Tom Allen's yeah. not in the hot seat. No, he's I not. Agree. He's not on the hot seat. Uh, he's. I think he has two years left. The people I've talked to around the program think he has two years left. And outside of like a Pat Fitzgerald, yeah, issue, he's coming back. Um, and and you know, maybe a one in eleven season do, does it in, but it, I, I look at it logically. His buyout was twenty five million dollars last year. His buyout at the end of this year is twenty million dollars. If you were going to buy him out for twenty million dollars this year, you should have bought him out for twenty million dollars last twenty five million dollars last year. Um, the kind of season he needs to have to me, and we'll see because all that hope lasted about eight weeks with the new twenty twenty four schedule. Yep. If it, if the 2024 schedule is on par with the new one with the addition of Washington or Oregon are is on par with the one that came out before that 2024 is a big big season for IU because that was a manageable schedule uh, you don't have to play Ohio State you don't have to play Michigan um, I think you got Northwestern on there uh, and all of those things. That was the year that you, you circle and go, okay, let's reserve maybe some time in December that to to go to a bowl or, or something like that. I don't think it's a bowl or bust year this year. Do I hope that they go to a bowl? Yeah, of course. But it is not a bowl or bust year. Agree. I don't really have much else to add to that question, but I think the path to six, this is an interesting yeah. one. So at we yeah. did our um, our schedule breakdown, and we like to break it down into toss-up games, games you're likely going to lose, and games you're likely going to win. So there are two games that IU, in my opinion, is likely going to win, and that's Indiana State and Akron. You could lock those in, whatever. There are three games, to me, that Indiana is likely going to lose. That's Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. The rest are toss-ups. And I included Wisconsin in the toss-up just because we don't know what Wisconsin's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, under Luke Fickle, I'm sure they're going to be good again, but I, I just don't trust Tanner Mordecai. So if if you take that and you look at the seven toss-up games, IU needs to go four and three in those toss-up games. And I think we both have said that Louisville is the most important game on the schedule. If you could get Louisville – on September 16th, you're looking to start two and one, three and one, yeah, three, you know, two and one going into the Akron game, which you should be three and one going into to um, to Maryland. That's another pivotal game. If you lose Maryland, you're you're you get Michigan at home at at three and two. You lose that, you're at homecoming against Rutgers. This is another important game. And I know people are going to say, well, it's Rutgers. How can it be important? Well, you're sitting at three and three. You, It's homecoming. It's a lot of times the only game that alumni come to. You have to win that game. Uh, then you move to four and three. After Rutgers, you, you still have Illinois on the schedule at Illinois, which is gonna still going to be tough. You have Purdue on the schedule at Purdue, which who knows what Purdue is going to look like. Yep. Um, 
and you have Michigan State at home. And I think Michigan State's in a lot worse shape than people are let, leading on to. Yes. So you got, you know, you sit at four and three, and you need to take two out of those three games. There, there's a path to six wins. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if you stay I, – I just talked about it. Like last year, you could have easily won the Maryland game. You could have easily won the Rutgers game last year. And then, boom, all of a sudden, sky's not falling every, anymore. Everyone's having a blast. But you were close in a lot of games, which is, you know, the story and what we always talk about. So I don't want to – moral victories are bull crap, and I don't believe in that. But I think the one thing everyone has to realize is that compared to – past seasons IU is kind of playing against teams that are also breaking in new quarterbacks now so Wisconsin will have a new quarterback Illinois will have a new quarterback Purdue I think there's only three teams in the Big Ten that mm-hmm. are returning their quarterback yeah Ohio State will open against us in the midst of a quarterback battle in which they have let no information out so you never know what Ohio State will look like week one I mean having Marvin Harrison Jr. helps but that's a different point but, you know, Illinois will have a new quarterback. Michigan State will have a new quarterback. Purdue has a new quarterback. Louisville, I think, has a new quarterback coming from Purdue. So you have a lot of teams with a lot of questions, just like Indiana does. Obviously, you have to get to the end of the season. You have to play the schedule. But I think if IU gets competent offensive line play and uses the personnel better than they did last year, which I think they will in year two of Bell, I think you could be looking at a much improved offense and I think a defense now where you're not relying on guys that have played just to be out there all the time, you're going to play the guys that are playing the best instead of playing the guys that were maybe the veterans or the leaders. I think this season on defense, especially whoever's ready and whoever's playing well, will stay on the field and whoever's not, will see their spot go. And I think that's something that hasn't really happened the last couple of years, but I think all indications from what we've heard, is that essentially every spot is up for grabs except for maybe Andre Carter and Aaron Casey's. And from there, I think the defense, you'll see kind of that renewed focus, energy, and effort that was kind of Tom Allen's staple. So the path to six is there. Showing up to games in Bloomington helps, you know, get us there. So if you're filling out the survey and complaining about everything and just saying win six games, yeah, that's a great point. I can't believe you didn't think of that. You should be a coach. Like, but yeah, I think there is a path to six. Can you get there? Sure. Will they? Who knows? That's Indiana football. Yeah, and um, there is definitely a path to six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll see. People forget that Cam Jones also missed most of the season yeah. last year, and Notice I don't think, yep. and I don't think he was healthy after the Illinois game. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that scary injury. I thought he was done for the year when he went down uh, yep. against Illinois, but uh, Bedford was done for the year. Camp we yeah. were at the end of the year. Everybody was everybody was banged up. Yeah. So we mentioned the offensive line being a key. Bottom of the ninth had a question. Bostad has a reputation as a meticulous drill master, but also as a slow and steady developer. How much do we think he'll be able to improve this veteran O line in a single off season? I think it's going to be noticeable, like a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's because the IU starting point was so low. You you even saw when they when they got rid of Darren Hiller and Rod Carey came in, you saw almost instant improvement in 
physicality, togetherness, just playing. Um, and that was in the middle of a season. Uh, no, no bye week, anything like that. You ju- you saw some improvement. Um, he came in over the winter. They went through winter workouts. They went through spring ball. They went to um, you know, summer OTAs, and now they're going through fall camp. Um, you can tell by watching practice that Bob Bosta has already affected them. Mm-hmm. They're much more physical in drills. There are holes open in inside run drills. Uh, now the defense has made some plays too, but that's because the defensive line is pretty – I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I think it will be a noticeable difference uh, in that it's – now you're at the point of camp where uh, – I think Alan said it yesterday. They're starting to plug people in at different spots. Yep. So you're looking – Okay, can can Josh Sales, if somebody gets hurt in the at the guard position, can he slide over to guard? Can Khalil Benson, if somebody gets hurt at tackle, move there? Can Max Longman? I think here here's here's also how you're gonna improve. Caleb Murphy, although he put on a heroic performance against Western Kentucky, was just out outmatched yep. the, the, the the rest of the season, the rest of the way. He's not there. Um, you, you have Bray Lynch, who I think is a better player, backing up Zach Carpenter at 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 center. Um, Parker, Parker Hanna gone. Yeah. Parker Hanna's gone. Tim Weaver's gone. Um, you know we didn't get to see uh, Cam Knight play all that much because he was injured. Well, his roster spot now has gotten filled by somebody who who can become a depth piece. Um, in, in Drew Evans. Yeah. yeah um, you know, you added a, a offensive lineman from the national championship team. You added Max Longman, who all the all the Power Five schools wanted. So you have legit. Yep. And, and you're bringing back uh, Matt Bedford, and, and you got a guy like Carter Smith who's starting to develop. And and he's not on starting a left tackle because everybody else thinks he's he's upped his game uh, to earn that left tackle spot if he gets there. You also have. I don't think those true freshmen like um, William Larklands, Barrett's gotten a lot of talk, but Bob Bostad knows that it is very tough to to play offensive line in the Big Ten as a true freshman. And, and it, this bleeds into another question from another reader: Is are you are we going to see more players play in in, in the fact that? Um, will they allow the backups to have a shot if the starters are failing? And I think yeah. this is something that kind of goes under the radar with Tom Allen. And I think he's done a poor job at is in the blowout games. He hasn't played those young players. Now, you know, like look at Omar Cooper last year, he played in four games, took his red shirt, didn't get on the field as a receiver. He had like four kickoff returns. What is that going to do for your development? Um, you know, you go back to Jack Tuttle playing in mop-up duty. He handed the ball off way too much. Uh, you know, didn't have the opportunity to throw the ball, run the offense. How you develop depth is even if you're getting blown out, that Ohio State game last year when they put in Bray Lynch and all the young linemen and Isaiah Jones at linebacker, Caden Turner at linebacker, and you threw Dexter Williams in there, that's how you get game experience. In front of 100,000 people, they, they played three quarters of the game. That's how you 
that's how you build depth. That's how you, 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 you do those things. So hopefully now, hopefully it's not IU on the losing side of blowouts, but hopefully in these games, maybe against Indiana state, maybe against Akron, um, maybe against some of the lesser teams in the big 10 where you could open up a lead. If you're playing well, you see him plug in um, players. Now I don't know if it happens at quarterback because these guys are so young and need the reps. So, yeah, you know, I we'll think see. I I did one more thing quickly going back to the offensive line. Yep. Sad. I think maybe you won't see as the great plays or that was phenomenal or perfect improve a ton, but you're just going to cut out of, you're just going to cut so many of the, what the hell was that? Just atrocious plays where I, I let up the most tackles for loss last year. If you can cut that by 40%, yeah. You're, you're in business. Yep. And then I think one other thing that's kind of underrated is that, while they're battling quarterback reps and divvying that up as well, the guys right now that are healthy and Williams is taking snaps, but nowhere close yet. But the three guys you have are all similar and the offense is similar when they're in, which also helps the O-line regardless of who's that quarterback develop and grow. Whereas last year you saw Basilak, who obviously pocket passer, limited mobility. And then if he's out, the offense totally changes. That's something that helps the O-line kind of develop as well. regardless of who's taking the snap the scheme is going to be the same so i think that's another big one as far as the backups i i touched on it i thought guys last year played too much on defense that were not playing well just because they were mainstays and old guys and i think from everything we've heard based on all the position battles going on right now if you're not playing well you're not going to play and I think other guys are going to be chomping at your heels, wanting snaps, wanting to get on the field to try to make plays. And I think that's good. I think you need that if you want to be a good team, a good program. Guys are going to transfer anyway. If you get your feelings hurt because you're not playing well, we'll take the guy that's playing well. So I yeah. think, yeah, you're going to see it this year. And if you're not, I think that's another kind of, you know, boo-boo, for lack of a better term, on, on Tom Allen's kind of roster management. Yeah, let's get into some questions from Hooperazzi. Uh, we will not hit them all. We will hit some of them. Um, and he, he asks about an IU depth chart. Does this staff have a group of players where no one stands out enough to, to claim a, a starter's position? Um, anyone have a clue who's going to start a corner? And why is the room only five deep? which it's not it's it's more than yeah. five deep um anyone have a clue at, at starting quarterback uh if he's still evaluating quarterbacks then there is no specialized offensive game plan why bring in jackson and not name him a starter was he overhyped in high school why didn't he beat out soresby does he, uh, coach tom allen not know that or does coach allen know that dexter williams is his best shot at going bowling and that he only needs one of the aforementioned quarterbacks to get through the pre uh, the pre conference schedule. Well, you yeah, start I the mean, season, but let, let's go the depth. Go chart. one by one, I guess. Yeah. yeah, let's let's start with the depth chart. No coach sure. is gonna unless they're required to gonna release a depth chart. This goes back to and, and it's not playing coy. It's not being a wimp and leo and all that stuff. This goes back to like the tough guys are the tough guys at Harvard and Yale in, in the 1800s. 
and Woody Hayes did it, and Bo Schemblett Beckler did it. You're talking about some of the most paranoid, crazy people on the planet in college football coaches. Um, God forbid a plane flew near Ohio State's practice facility. Uh, you know, Woody Hayes would be on with the FAA. Hey, where, where did that plane come from? Did it come from Michigan? Did it come from Michigan? Like, you know, it, it's just the nature. There's, at the NFL has very strict rules, literally about depth chart manipulation and injury port report yeah. manipulation because coaches do this and coaches every year and teams every year in the NFL still get in trouble for it. So yeah, if Ohio state names their starting quarterback tomorrow, good for them. I don't expect them to, there's no advantage to doing it. So I don't understand why you would, I don't care. No. And it's not, as long as the team knows great. Um, I think the quarterback battle is a lot closer than people think. And that actually makes me happy. Um, to, to go to his third question is why do you bring in Jackson, not name him the starter? Because you did that last year with Basilak. Yeah, it was not a real quarterback competition. You did that with Basilak and it blew up in your face. So I'm happy they're not just handing the keys to the car to Taven Jackson because he was a former four-star recruit whose brother was a, a, a legend for Indiana basketball, and he played his high school football at Center Grove. Go earn it. Yeah. Go earn it. And Brandon Swordsby yeah. is is playing well. Yeah. You know, he, he's not a, a, a slouch or anything like that. And obviously the reason that they're not going with Dexter Williams is that he won't be cleared to play until midseason. If it, and at that point he's gotten no contact rep, like Dexter Williams has one knee right now, so that that question doesn't make any yeah. sense. But yeah. yeah, he he's ahead of schedule and things like that, and it's good to see that it wasn't as serious as, as it seemed when it happened. But counting on Dexter Williams to be the starting quarterback for 2023 against Ohio State was, I mean, it, it was way past the pipe dream. That it it was it kind of a kind of ridiculous. Um, but I'd like that they haven't named the starter yet. Yeah. That they're letting him battle it through. And maybe on Saturday, the second scrimmage, you would like them to name a starter, at least internally. But take the rest of the time. Take the, you know, take the next two weeks. Take the next week. Uh, Walt Bell said in the in in the uh press conference, you in order to make a decision, he likes to take the most amount of time that he can and if that is if it presents himself on saturday that one of them has separated themselves to be the starter great if it doesn't you, you keep working get all the information that you could get and then make the best decision possible yep um so that i think we we knocked out all those questions um on on that uh it, it's just it's so, some of the the roster stuff. They're not they're not going to tell you. We all want to. We do. We, it is frustrating not to know as somebody in the media, uh, and, and all that stuff. But th they're not telling you, uh, and, and it's not going to get that way. But let's get to some more fun questions, Alex. Um, uh, what one or two players who may not be known by the average fan do you think will have a big impact? on the season and I will throw in, and that's from Colorado uh, Krugel and I'll throw in Jamie Jordan's kicker. You cannot say Andre Carter or Jalen Lucas. 
Um, so we're going to make it a little bit harder here. You cannot say Andre Carter and Jalen Lucas are the ones that to do that. So I'll, I'll let you go first and then I'll learn. Yeah, first out, shout out, shout out Colorado. He's a great, great follower, great reader, great listener. Appreciate, appreciate him. Great IU football fan. Uh, I touched on Dunham earlier. I think he would have been one of mine if I didn't talk about him. I will go. It's tough. I think he is flying under the radar, but I think he probably starts next to Casey to start the season. But Jacob Mangum Farrar, the other Stanford transfer, so the third of the three, I think he is going to have a big year. He is somebody that's extremely long, so they like him in coverage and let Casey kind of, you know, have his havoc style, which he really is good at. So I think Mangum Farrar is one that's that's going to play a lot and hopefully should be pretty good. And then I think with all of the Andre Carter noise, this might be a cop-out, but I think the guy that's probably going to beat out Miles Jackson and start a bowl is Linnell Carr, the uh, transfer from West Virginia. All indications are he has come in in fantastic shape and really kind of challenged Matt Bedford, who's he'll you know be a fifth-year starter at tackle and has played really good football. I think Linnell Carr is going to be a guy, especially if you have a running back or a tight end or an extra offensive lineman on Carter's side, I think Carr could kind of be freed up there as a guy that could get some heat on the quarterback. That's two good picks. Um, Who's your pick on offense? Offense is good. I think for me, it's tough. I think all the receivers are super, super unproven. So it's tough to tough to pick any one of those, but I do think, Josh Henderson, to me, is not unknown, maybe, but I feel like people are forgetting how valuable he was last year. Guy can catch the ball out of the backfield. He runs hard, and he's shifty. And I think having another back that's behind him this year, so I think Turner opens as the backup, which is good for Henderson. I think it's good for the offense. But having Henderson in more versatile sets with more snaps, I think you could see him have a big year. And he's talked about which, you know, maybe just player talk, maybe coach talk, whatever, PR talk. But he has also talked about the improvements in the offensive line and the scheme, which is always good to hear. But I think Henderson, with all the hoopla that happened on offense last year, still had a pretty solid season. Uh, Henderson's going to throw a touchdown pass this year. I I like that. I like that. Book it. Um, They did the throwing competition at, at uh, at the spring scrimmage, and I think he finished in second in distance and I think he threw the ball like 60 yards it wasn't yeah. he just launched he went out at an angle like this and just launched it so that, um, that's did, why we don't have a starting quarterback yet is that what you're saying that's why the battle is still going on yeah now now I'm gonna get yelled at by people um <laughs> but yeah um on, on defense for me I'm gonna take the the other Stanford transfer um on defense is Nick Toomer we have not mentioned him yep. he's a guy who they're gonna start out at corner He's intelligent, long, athletic. He's wanted to be at IU. Uh, He chose Stanford because of the medical side of things uh, and med school and things like that. Um, His his parents reached out to IU and all that stuff. Um, And he could also play safety. So I I think he adds to that room too. Mm -hmm. But he's going to be – I wouldn't be shocked if he's one of the starting corners. It just wouldn't shock me. So I, I think I that think anybody 
they could roll yeah. out the bison mascot at corner against Ohio State, and I wouldn't be surprised. I have no idea who's going to start. Hold on. They're bringing back the bison mascot? Is that breaking news? I just You could start at corner, and I would be like, okay, like that makes sense. There's so many new faces. I don't know. You have eligibility, right? Yeah, I don't know if you want me playing corner though. <laughs> more, more, more of a nose tackle right now. Um, but uh, on offense, I, I'm gonna go with Dakeez Carter. I, I know that they're unproven rooms, and and I, I've been on him for uh, since spring ball, and not just because he's a, a Fordham guy, and I'm a New York guy, um, because I, he is your prototypical wide receiver. You know, you could line him up on the outside. You could put him in the slot. He catches the ball. Um, he's got a low center of gravity. Uh, and, you know, you know how you judge running backs by the size of their legs? He's got some thick legs, dude. Um, you know, he, he's just a mature player, a smart player. Uh, and I think he brings that room together uh, on offense. Last, should we get into the last questions? Let's yeah, see. let's take a few more. Let's see. Uh, leading receiver. Uh, who who do you got for for your leading receiver? It's it's tough to go against Cam Camper. I mean, well, yeah, we'll go with yards, not yards? not receptions. We'll we'll yeah. not do the WAP failure eighty receptions right. for eighty seven yards. Correct. Yeah, the special. Uh, yeah, I'll go camper. I think regardless of what you say about a pitch count, I think they realize you just have to play and you have to win. So I think he'll be out there and he was damn good last year. I think people forget about that as well. Losing him was a big blow. Yeah, I'll go camper, which I think is a cop out. If I had to pick a second one in terms of yardage, I think I would go with Carter. Yeah. Camp camper is a, a good one. Um, an obvious one as long as he's he's healthy do we throw Jalen Lucas in there I think if you throw if if he does if he leads the team in receiving yards I think that means he had a huge season which I think is good I I thought you were going to go the other way I thought you meant that I think if he I think we have enough receivers in the room where you're going to have a couple guys you know 800 yards plus I don't know if Lucas is a thousand yards receiving, I think that means he was just a monster, which he could be. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think it's Camp Camper. Um, if I had to pick somebody else other than Camper, um, man, we don't left pick out Carter because Ander- I picked Carter. Anderson, Kobe, Pill. No, I, yeah. I I'd go EJ Williams. Okay, he's the big play guy who could take off. You know, the top of the offense. And even if he doesn't get a ton of receptions, he might have a lot of uh, yards per catch mm-hmm. uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, yeah, I guess I'm hyping up the receiver room. I just, I, I really think they have a lot more diversified talent than they have yeah. in the past. And that that's, that's what gets me excited. Um, We'll go back to that one. Does IU knock off a team that they're, that they're not supposed to? Who knows? You never know. If Michigan loses early, you know, their season, probably they don't feel as motivated. Penn State's breaking in a new quarterback. Anything goes week one. That Not that history would tell you we're going to beat Ohio State, obviously. No, yeah, but I'll, I'll touch Wisconsin on Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, you never know. 
I don't. If, I don't... if this was twenty, if if this is twenty fifteen, I would say that I I I would put that Ohio State on upset alert. I think yeah. with you have unknowns at quarterback, you have three new offensive linemen coming in for Ohio State. You have a transition to offensive coordinator with with Kevin Wilson going to Tulsa. Um, yeah, you have Marvin Harrison Jr. and all, but that team that IU took down to the goal line and lost by seven points had Zeke Elliott, had JT Barrett rushing yards, yeah, yeah, on seven carries. Um, but they had that superstar. You know, Zeke Elliott was as good as a running back as as Marvin Harrison was as a wide yeah. receiver. Um, but yeah, it, IU has too much going on to where. Yeah, I'm not confident enough to do that like I would have been in 2015. But, yeah, you, you never know. It, it, it's right. You can't just pick them. It, if you're on the betting odds, it's probably Wisconsin. If you're going to say they're going to beat somebody, it's Wisconsin. You get them at home. You've never beaten Penn State at Penn State. At Michigan, you haven't won there since the 60s. And you know Ohio State will get a phantom flag here and there in the opener because – the last thing the Big Ten wants for the first game on CBS is for Indiana to beat Ohio State. <laughs> it's true. Or maybe that's that's the thing that they do want. I, I don't know. But I lean towards this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Losing his mind on, on yeah. If this was chaos team IU, I would probably pick them in the opener. Yeah. That was past the end zone too. But. Yeah. But, you know, Eli Apple, New York Giant legend. All right, Alex, that does it for all our questions. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. Uh, I know it had been a while uh, since you sent them in, and you might have been frustrated that we didn't get to them, but um, we wanted to learn more about the team through practice, through fall camp, so we could answer your questions better. I think we got to do that. Um, My question to you, Alex, next 17 days, what are you most looking forward to this season? Looking forward to week zero. So it's great for me as a college football fan because I have no, you know, no skin in the game and I can just watch some college football, which is great. Man, I don't know. I always say I try to fight off the college football itch as long as I can every summer because I know when the season starts, it goes by so quickly. Once we get to like the 30 day mark of our countdown, which is still going, by the way, who's your huddle.com every day leading up to the season. Once we get to about the 30 day mark, I just, I really can't wait anymore. I locked in my hotel rooms. I have my tickets for the Louisville game and then planning hopefully one road trip and then maybe the Wisconsin game in Bloomington. So that that's the best part about it. Just the absolute highs and lows, really nothing can compare to watching an Indiana football game every Saturday. So whether that's good or bad for, you know, my health and my mental health, that's a later question. I don't need to answer that right now, but uh, you know, it, it is the best. And I think the shared fandom and the shared misery or whatever happens is, is the part of going to a school and feeling pride and going there. So yeah, the question I get every year is why do you do it? Why do you watch? What else would I be doing? Who else would I root for? Are you kidding me? Like what, what, what are you even talking about? Of course I root for Indiana football. What else would I be doing? So yeah, I'm excited to see what happens rolling the ball out. You never know, but should be exciting and interesting either way. And we'll, we'll be there every step of the way. Yeah. It, it's one, it's 
my favorite time of the year. Unfortunately, the Yankees did not get me to college football season <laughs> this year, although I've been watching Aaron Boone get thrown out by Laz Diaz a million times on the loop. If you, if you have not seen it, <laughs> I urge you to go to YouTube and watch it because who knows how long Aaron Boone is going to be able to get thrown out of a Major League Baseball game. Um, but yeah, it's the college football season. It's the friends I've made along the way. It's, you know, working with you guys, uh, and, and things like that. And the, the, yep. Shared misery is a perfect word. Shared joy when it actually does happen and things like that. It's just, it's college football. It, there's nothing else like it. So, and we don't have to talk about conference realignment anymore. It's true for now, for now. Yep. All right, that does it for uh, tonight's show. If uh, Sorry, we couldn't go live. Uh, us old people can't figure out the YouTube stream um, and, and things like that. So anyway, I am so tired. First day of school today. So come back to HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, watch our countdown. Uh, read our countdown. You don't have to watch it. Uh, read it. Watch, the, uh, watch the, uh, the podcast as well on YouTube. You can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. We have fall camp previews coming, opponent previews, uh, opponent unit rankings, and all that stuff. So 16 more days uh, we'll be down in Bloomington as IU kicks off the season September 2nd, 3.30 p.m. Uh, against uh, Ohio State, who's, what, ranked third uh, in the – in the AP poll, something ridiculous like that. So I guess uh, less than five. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we enjoy the questions. Keep sending them in uh, and we'll do mailbag, uh, mailbag episodes throughout the season. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Thanks. Go Hoosiers.